In my last startup, we ran lean startup experiments, and we still failed. How did that happen? It was a photo question and answer application where users could take a photo, ask a question, and get answers from the community. I'm a very curious person, so I always want to know more about things, the interesting things I see. Like, what is this? I don't know. So that was the idea. Take a photo and ask the community. And we started with our riskiest assumptions, which was, do people even have photo questions to post? So to test that, we set up a simple page where the only functionality was to upload a photo and ask a question. We sent this page out to our network, and within a few hours, we got a response asking, what kind of bird is this? And we're very excited. This was our first post, our first user, so we wanted to get his answer back as soon as possible. So we uh, needed to test our next risk assumption, which was, can someone answer in time? So we set up another page, this time with the photo and the question, and we sent this page out again to our network. Within an hour, we got a response back saying, that's a Muscovy duck, it's very common in Florida. And we took that answer, we sent it back to the original poster and followed up with him to get his feedback on this experience. At that point, I learned that he actually took, a, took the photo with his flip phone and he uploaded it to his computer through a USB cord. This was in the early days of the iPhone, so before photo sharing was popular. So we didn't realize that it should be a mobile app. But that key insight led us to our first pivot, which was going from web to mobile app. And that took us two days to realize. Next, we needed to test our next risk assumption, which was, can this scale? Can this be replicated? We tested it with one user, but can we do this with 100? We thought, well, in order to do that, we need to build the app, we need to build the community, and we need to market. So we started building the app, and then we launched six months later, and came crashing down. We couldn't get users. Well, this is devastating. We followed the lean serve process, we ran our experiments, we validated our idea, and we're constantly getting feedback. What did we do wrong? I made it my mission to find out what my mistakes were, so I went back to the drawing board and started from scratch. This time, I defined a specific target user. I had a clear sense of who I was targeting, so I said, I think my target users are people who take a lot of photos on their phones. And I went out and interviewed these people to find out what kind of photos they took, why did they take those photos, and were they ever in situations where they want to learn more about the photos. And this time I, I was asking better interview questions as well. And I found that people did not care. People just never had been in this situation and they couldn't think of uses. Some people, trying to be nice, said, oh, that's really cool. So I can take a photo of myself and ask if I'm hot or not. <laughs> well, that wasn't the problem we're trying to solve. But I did find a small group of people who really described their pain point and really resonated with the solution. And these were bird watchers. So they actually had a Google group where they would upload photos of birds and their friends would identify. But this wasn't a niche I wanted to focus on, and I decided that it wasn't a big enough problem to solve. So I stopped working on it. 
Funny enough, a few months later, another startup launched. They raised $2 million in funding and they launched their app in the App Store. Two years later, they realized people weren't using their app because it didn't solve for a problem. So they laid off their employees and they quit. That took them two years and $2 million to realize. But it took me six months to realize the same learning, that people didn't have this problem. But six months is too long. I made a few huge mistakes in my experimentation process that led me to false validation and led me to thinking that I was building something people wanted. The first key mistake was I tested the wrong assumptions, and this is a very common mistake I see over and over again. I, the first assumption that I tested was around the solution. It was a solution-oriented assumption. If you really want to validate your need and save time, you should start by testing a risky assumption around the customer and the problem, not around the solution. <coughs> the second mistake was I asked the wrong questions. So naturally, if I'm testing around assumptions, I'm going to be asking the wrong questions. But I was also asking questions to test if the app was easy to use, not if it needed to be used. So lesson learned here, user experience isn't important in this early stage. Third mistake, I didn't define success. So we had one user who was ecstatic with the service, but does that mean there's enough demand? No, but if you don't define success, then you're going to fall into the trap of confirmation bias and you're going to take initial validation as permission to just go full speed ahead. Fourth mistake, I didn't need to build anything to test if this could scale. Later I'll show you an experiment that you can run to test will it scale without writing any code. Since then, I've been helping a lot of entrepreneurs avoid the same mistakes. Today, I'll share with you how you can design effective experiments so you can save time and succeed faster. I used the same process to test the demand for a new business idea I had and generate revenue within three days. It's that powerful if you do it right. Let me show you how it works. A few years ago, I had another idea, which was um, I was a user experience designer and I was constantly getting requests from startup founders to help them with their websites. And I also knew designers who wanted to get more projects, so I thought, why not connect the two? But before writing the code and building the marketplace, I knew better this time. I started by defining my customer as bootstrap startup founders. Then I defined the problem. And the problem needs to be framed from the customer's perspective. Not from a business perspective, from a customer's perspective. So I say, bootstrap startup founders have a problem getting user experience feedback. And there's my hypothesis. Now, I'm not defining the solution yet because I want to validate the problem first. And I go ahead and define my risk assumption around the customer and the problem. And usually at this point, the risk assumption, which is an assumption that you're most concerned about and if invalidated, will break the business viability. So at this point, usually the assumption is around if this is even a problem. But I know this is a problem, so I move on to testing my next risky assumption, which was, well, are they frustrated? Are they satisfied with existing alternatives? So if they're satisfied with existing alternatives, there, there, there's no opportunity for me to solve for them. So that's my risky assumption. <coughs> then I decide to test my assumption through uh, conducting interviews. 
and I set my success criteria as six out of ten. So I have to interview ten startup founders, and I need six of them to express frustration with existing alternatives. So now that I have my design uh, experiment, uh, I have to get up and run my experiment. But you might be wondering, how do I come to that success criteria? <coughs> so the success criteria is the weakest outcome you accept as validation in order to move forward. Early on, if you're doing problem exploration and you don't have a benchmark to measure against, the success criteria is subjective to the entrepreneur. And it's based on how big you think the problem is. But as you build your business, the success criteria can defend, uh, depend on a variety of factors. So it can depend on opportunity cost to develop a new feature, a new uh, solution. It can depend on metrics that you need to hit in order to get to the next milestone. Now that we have our experiment designed, these are the components of an effective experiment. We get out of the building and conduct our exploration interviews. Now, exploration interviews, here I'm trying to understand the problem and understand what they're trying to do to solve, uh, solve it for themselves. So the first three questions I'm asking are around understanding the problem. And then the last three questions are around what are they currently doing to solve it themselves. And the last three questions give me deeper insight into my risk assumption. It gives me insight into the level of pain and frustration they have. I'm also collecting data on other factors, such as frequency of the problem, and what are they, uh, the time and money they're spending to solve, uh, to solve and search for a solution. So these are key data points I can use uh, for when I'm testing my solution. Now that I have my data, I come back and analyze and decide next steps. So I interviewed 12 startup founders and nine of them expressed frustration that it was a very time-consuming process to get feedback on their websites. They were actually going to their friends for feedback. They were taking classes on user experience to improve their own skills so that they can tackle it themselves. And they were also going to meetup groups to find designers and hire them. But it was such a time-consuming process and they would rather spend time building their business instead of looking for designers. So that gave me enough confidence to move forward. They were frustrated, I could solve the problem for them. So I moved forward to testing my next risk assumption. This is my second experiment, and since I have validated my customer problem hypothesis, I can go on to testing my solution. So my risk assumption around the solution is, will they pay for virtual user experience feedback? I know that they already do this in person, but will they do this online? And I set up a pitch experiment, which is pre-selling the solution before I even had it built. And I set my success criteria as eight out of 10. <coughs> I, I want to go back to the startup founders I interviewed, and I need at least eight of them to pay me. So I set up a test page, where I indicate the price point clearly as $10. $10 for a user experience feedback. And my test is to see if the um, customers will actually click through on the button and pay me $10 to use the service. If they do that, then that's enough validation to move forward. The trick here is I don't have any backend built. I don't have a website built. I'm, I just have a form behind my page where I'm collecting data. So I set this out and all the startup founders actually paid me $10 to use the service. And turns out, you know, they, they did find that it was virtual and they said it was pretty cheap, it was pretty affordable for them. They were very eager to get their feedback. So, now that I've validated the demand side of the marketplace, I have to go test the supply side, which is 
user experience designers have a problem getting clients for consulting. Now I know that this is a problem that they have, um, so I move forward to test my next risk consumption, which is will they even want to consult virtually? I set up another pitch experiment. This, this time it's an offline pitch experiment, so I'll be doing uh, solution exploration interviews. And I set my success criteria as 8 out of 10, so I'll interview 10 of these designers and need 8 of them to sign up for the service. And I get out, go to the meetup groups to, to interview these designers to find out who they are, how long they've been practicing for, and then I move, start moving into uh, pitching the solution. And when I start doing that, they all look at me like this. <laughs> Their, their eyebrows raised, their jaws dropped, they were shocked. Some of them were offended. Turns out that these designers had five to 10 years of consulting experience, so that they were very picky about their clients. They already had an established client base, and they were not willing to go online to find random new clients to work with. Trust was very important to them. But something they all said during the interviews was, when I first started out, when I graduated, when I first got into user experience, I was eager to take on any project that came my way. Aha, there's the key insight that drives me to my customer segment pivot. So it's not all user experience designers, I'm more focused this time and I want to find the, the people who experience the pain point the most so I can focus on my early adopters. So these are people who are transitioning to user experience designers who have a problem getting clients for consulting. Now I move forward to test my risk assumption around the solution to see if they will even consult virtually. And I set up an online pitch experiment. And I want at least 60% of them to sign up. So now I'm lowering my success criteria because it's an online pitch and I understand the conversions are going to be lower, but I'm still convinced this is a huge problem, so I'm still keeping it a high number. I set up my test page where the call to action is that they have to take this action to submit their portfolio. And I drive uh, traffic to it, so I target the right customers through Google Ads. I, I <coughs> put in several keywords that target the right people I'm looking for, and I drive traffic to my page to test demand. And again, I don't have a backend built. It's just a form to collect data. So this technique that we're using, which is a landing page, and driving traffic to it through Google Ads and form is a technique that my current startup, QuickMVP, does. So QuickMVP is a software that is a landing page builder with a Google Ad creator. So you can drive traffic to your page, quickly test an idea, and validate demand. So what we're measuring here is customer intent. Chances are the people who have the problem and are searching for a solution they're on Google searching for their solution, searching to solve their problem. And your ad pops, pops up, and they click through it. They land on your page, and they click through your call to action and leave their information. The people who are doing this are your early adopters. And these are people who you want to immediately grab on the phone and email them to follow with some more interviewing. So we're measuring customer intent with this technique. When I ran this experiment, I got 37 emails out of 184 clicks. And this is lower than my success criteria, so it doesn't look that promising. But something interesting started to happen. People started referring their friends. 
So I know this because I had a text field in my form asking, how did you hear about us? And people started saying, my friend told me about this. So that was interesting. And that signal, even though I didn't meet my success criteria, this is where the art and science of leading startup comes in, there was this interesting signal that started to happen that gave me enough confidence to move forward and think, okay, there's something here. It's providing value. They're starting to tell their friends about it. Let me move forward and try to deliver the service. So my next step. I have customers who are paying me $10 and they're waiting for their feedback, and I have designers who signed up to get more projects. I can conduct a concierge experiment to manually deliver the service back to the customer. So the way this works is I focus on testing with my uh, customer again, and I design a concierge experiment to test, is this online service sufficient? And I want at least 60% of them to be satisfied with the service. So what happened was the customer already submitted their request. They put in um, their request in the form. And they probably think that, you know, there's the website's built, that there's some fancy algorithm matching up with the designer to, to address their needs. But really, it was me automating the whole process. So when the customer submitted their request, I got an email. And I sent that email to the designer. And the designer sent it back to me, and I forwarded it back to the uh, founder. And I did this 16 times to understand what were the flaws in my business and how could it scale. So remember how I said you don't need to write a line of code to test will it scale. The concierge experiment is a really effective experiment to test will this idea scale and identify the flaws in your business before you even build it. Now when I ran this experiment, I got a lower satisfaction rate than I expected. Turns out, well, yeah, I did solve their problem. You know, they said, yeah, it was so time-consuming before, and this was instant feedback. I'm really grateful. But they wanted more interaction with the designer. They wanted to be able to follow up with them and ask them clarifying questions. So I did solve a small problem for them, but they wanted more interaction. So this doesn't mean that I completely pivot away from the idea, even though I didn't meet my success criteria, because the feedback, the customer feedback is saying, you solved my problem, but if, you know, I'm not that satisfied yet, they need more functionality. So my next step is to iterate and keep running experiments to get to that 60% satisfaction level. So if you keep running experiments, um, you're going to be able to find the biggest needs to solve for, the biggest problems to solve for, and focus on building what matters. So the point of my story is to test the right assumptions and run the right experiments so you can succeed faster. If you want, this is a tool that I've developed called the Experiment Board. Uh, you can get a free download at that bit.ly link. I'll also tweet it out. And this is an experiment tracking tool, so you can track your experiments and share your learnings with your team. Thank you. Do you have any science behind the success criteria? 
how you determine the success criteria, 60% or 8 out of 10. Do you have any science behind that? exploration stage, you don't have a benchmark. If you don't have a benchmark to set it against, it's really just, um, you, you're just drawing a line in, in the sand to just keep yourself accountable. Um, and um, But when you are building your business, you can actually uh, set your success criteria based on different factors such as opportunity cost. So sometimes, um, even if you're maybe doing testing your new business idea, you can set your success criteria as opportunity cost for yourself. So you can, um, the science behind it is, you can factor in your salary. So if you're saying, okay, well, in order for me to leave my job and build this new business, I need to generate this much revenue in the first year and get this many customers in the first year, charge this price in the first year in order for, for it to be worthy for me to, to leave my company and start this business. So that's how you can do it, but um, otherwise, if you don't have that kind of benchmark, then it's, it's a gut feeling based on how big you think the problem is. Uh, one more question. So, experiment design is an art, right? Trying to be able to be clear on your metrics, you're clear on what it is you're trying to answer, clear what you're trying to learn. Um, and so some of us at the beginning start to struggle with what good experiments look like. Is there a place that you go or that you can recommend for us to see other people's experiments and design, help us kind of hone in on best practices, things to stray away from? Yes, so uh, if you go to um, download the, the experiment uh, board tool, it's, it's a large poster that you can just print out. We actually have a bunch of case studies on there. Uh, there are video case studies of how other businesses uh, ran their experiments. And a lot of it, you know, takes practice. You just want to make sure that uh, the key is, you know, test the right risky assumption for what you're um, trying to learn. And, uh, you know, if you watch those videos, we have about 16 video case studies that you can um, learn from. Uh, that, that'll help you understand uh, what to watch out for and what mistakes to avoid.